Maranatha, God bless you. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. I am Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Uh, Just for the record, we are into our 46th year, halfway through really our 46th year of Pastor Evangelist Ministry of the Holy Church of God, incorporated right here in Tampa, Florida, where this webcast is originating, where our broadcast originate. Uh, We are affiliated with a fellowship of independent ministries, independent Assemblies of God International in good standing since 1974. Well, just uh, wanted you to know a little bit about us. You can read our statement of faith. Uh, We are, uh, and, and just a to tell you something about my personal life, uh, we have been married uh, 57 years and counting, <laughs> happily married, I might add. Praise God. Amen. So, so we, have, we have God's blessing upon our ministry and God's blessing upon our marriage and God's blessing upon our life. And I'm so grateful and humble today uh, to, to declare unto you how how faithful and gracious God is if we will simply trust Him and obey Him. You know, in Sunday school uh, class years ago when my dad took me to church with him, uh, we would sing, Trust and obey, trust and obey. Amen. For it's the only way. Trust and obey. If we would just get these basic fundamental truths down in our spirit, incorporated into our life, how God could bless us and keep us and direct us and help us. Praise God. So uh, that is not our theme today, but it is a theme that should be reiterated in our heart and life. We never get too old to humble ourselves as a little child and trust and obey. Praise God. Well, we're talking about the inheritance of the overcomer. And today we're going to talk about the uh, the overcomer uh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and verse 17. Jesus says to the churches over and over and over again, in every letter to every church, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. And we're not talking about a physical ear to hear the, the, the verbiage and the vernacular and the words. We're talking about a heart to obey, a heart to give heed to what we hear in our ears. Because if we don't have a heart to he- to obey and give heed to what we're hearing, then what we're hearing doesn't mean anything. But if we have a heart to obey, what we hear from the Word of God means everything. Hallelujah. Well, in Revelation 2 in verse 17, it declares that the overcomer is forgiven and acquitted. He is absolutely, totally, completely reconciled unto God. Revelation 2 and verse 17 says, To him that overcometh will I give a white stone. This is our heritage as children of God. 
and 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 listen there's always going to be a battle there's always going to be a battle and the battlegrounds are well defined in scripture we battle uh, with the culture we battle with the world around us love not the world the things of the world we battle with our weak flesh Amen. We're to deny ourselves and take up our cross in order to follow Christ. We battle with an enemy called the devil. Amen. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that we might stand, having done all to be able to stand and not give ground to him and not give in to him. Praise God. There's the overcomer that overcomes is forgiven. And acquitted. Did you know when you came to Christ, you had to overcome an enemy that did everything in his power to keep you from coming, but he couldn't the day you decided that you wanted light more than darkness, Christ more than the devil, that you wanted freedom to serve God more than the bondage of sin. The day you made the decision to respond to the Holy Spirit calling you and convicting you. None of the, of the powers of darkness could keep you from coming because all of the power of God uh, comes to bust you out of jail. Praise God. Amen. To break those bars of iron and to break those chains and set you free. Praise God. To him that overcometh will I give a white stone. And in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth except him that receiveth it. Now there, I, I have a whole teaching someday on this white stone and its relevance in depth. But in the basic fundamental truth of it, in ancient times, when a judgment was rendered guilty, uh, a judgment was rendered guilty was indicated by the giving of a black stone, not guilty, by a white stone. A white stone and a new name indicates the new righteousness and the new life that is ours in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 17 said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new. Uh, we have a new name because we have a new life. God sees us differently than He saw us before we came to Jesus. We have a new standing with God. We have a righteousness granted to us when we receive Jesus as our Savior. We have a new eternal destiny heaven instead of hell. Hallelujah. We have a new master of our souls. Jesus, praise God, He is Lord to the glory of God in our life. We have a new family of God. Brethren, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters of the faith. I just uh, uh, mentioned today to someone having a birthday that I have an earthly son that is going to be with the Lord, but I still have spiritual, and I have one living son here with me, but I also have spiritual sons and spiritual daughters. 
Praise God. That's what it meant when it said a hundredfold houses and lands. If you give something up for the sake of the gospel, you will receive a hundredfold houses, lands, uh, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, sons, daughters. It's, it's all part of what happens when we enter the kingdom of God. Amen. We come into the family of God. Amen. We have new garments. The robe of righteousness. New food to eat. The bread of the Word of God. You know, in this same chapter here, Revelation chapter 2, just above that it said, I will give you to eat of the hidden manna. And Jesus spoke of the manna in the old covenant that God fed them with. And He declared Him. It was a type of Jesus. And He declared Himself to be the true bread that comes down out of heaven. We have a new appetite. We have a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, I love the Scripture that says, Blessed is he that doth hunger and thirst after righteousness, for he shall be filled. And, and I'm Pentecostal. Every time I saw filled, I thought of the Holy Ghost. I thought of the Holy Spirit, and there's nothing wrong with that. Except when we come to this Scripture in context, if you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness because of a new appetite to be right with God. You have to be hungry and thirsty for the Word of God. Amen. Because the Bible said all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Literally, God breathed. Hallelujah. And is profitable for rebuke, for reproof, and for correction, and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God, woman of God, boy of God, girl of God might be fully furnished to every good work. If you're hungry for righteousness, you're going to be filled with what? In context, you're going to be filled with what you're hungry for. That's why they, and that's righteousness. You want to, oh, we have positional righteousness when we come to know Christ as our Savior. But the Bible said that grace that allowed for that, that is given to all men, shown to all men, available to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, we should live righteously in this present world, this evil, wicked, present, fallen world. Praise God. We, we always get a response because we're just trained out in our congregation I always say there's nothing wrong after reading something like this or saying something like this there's nothing wrong and they will respond with getting right with God I've made that statement so many times if you hear a message that challenges you to get right with God if you're wrong with God if you're lost you need to be saved if you're saved you need to be sanctified come out from among them <laughs> amen and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I'll receive you amen for what fellowship hath light with darkness what fellowship with Christ with Belial or literally with the devil himself amen come out from among them and be ye separate, not self-righteous, but separate. True righteousness is when we begin to live with a new attitude and new values and a new appetite. Praise God that we're hungry and thirsty 
for righteousness. That's why in the Old Testament it said, Seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. Praise God. Amen. I'll tell you, dear friend, today if you're a Christian and you're not hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you can never be right with God. Truly, practically, and personally right with God. But if you're hungry and thirsty for it, you're going to be filled with it. Hallelujah. And that's what that's talking about. Not just filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a baptism. That's a power gift. This is a personal walk with God we're talking about. Amen. We have a new appetite, a hunger, and a thirst for righteousness. We have a new power that we never possessed before. Amen. The Holy Spirit coming to indwell us. Hallelujah. Through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because we have become a new person. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 5.17 again. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things are become new. Praise God. So it's not strange that God would confirm this new life in Him by giving us a new name, intimate, personal, and private. You see, God's confirmation of our acquittal and acceptance is in, you can see it in, in, look at Genesis 32 and verse 28, way back in the Old Covenant. It said, And He said, Thy name shall no more be called Jacob, which meant, (laughs) it meant a heel holder. (laughs) Amen. Because, amen, He grabbed hold of the heel of His brother. (laughs) Listen, But thy name shall be called Israel which means God prevails. <laughs> Amen. From from a, a self-serving person to a God-serving man. Amen. And God prevailed over that old uh, old attitude in Jacob and and God prevails in his life. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to read it again and he said thy name shall no more be called Jacob, heel holder or supplanter. But Israel, God prevails. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and men, and hast prevailed. Glory to God. Amen. We sung it, didn't we? Jacob, uh, in the days of old, wrestled with the Lord. Amen. A moment in a courage bold, he stood upon his word. Hallelujah. Friend, I want to mention to you about this change and how the culture wants to change you too. God wants to change you from the inside out. The culture wants to come at the Christian from the outside in and get in to your life, into your mind, into your thoughts, into your values. When the Babylonians conquered another nation, they didn't kill everybody. They took their best and brightest and incorporated them unto their own culture. They did not want them to identify with their old identity, so they gave them new Babylonian names. Look with me in the Old Covenant, or just write it down for personal uh, uh, study. Daniel 1 and verse 6. 
It says, Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the Enoch's, these had been taken captivity down into Babylon, listen, unto whom the prince of the Enoch's gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah, Shadrach, and unto Mishael, Meshach, and unto Azariah, Abednego. You've heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These were not Hebrew names. These were the names given unto them by the prince of the eunuchs down in Babylon. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. And so did these other young men. Let me tell you what Daniel in his Hebrew, the name meant. It meant judge of God or God is my judge. Belshazzar in the Hebrew, it, but they changed his name to Belshazzar from the Hebrew and it meant Lord of the, of, of the treasury. Hananiah in the Hebrew meant God has favored. Jah has favored. To Shadrach, which meant great scribe. Mishael means in the Hebrew, who is what God is. Wow, what a, what a mighty name to be so affiliated with God and identified with God. And what did his name given down in Babylon? Guest of a king. You're the guest of a king. Azariah, Yahweh has helped in the Hebrew. And Abednego, 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 servant of Nebo. Nebo is a pagan god in the Old Testament, a Babylonian god. This god presided over literature and arts. Amen. So, so it was the seat of Nero, Nebo worship, and Abednego was named after this pagan god. Amen. So, this was what was changed from Yahweh has helped in the Hebrew to Abednego. And you can see what's happening here. The Babylonians want them to forget their God. Forget their heritage. Forget everything about their past, who they were and who their God was and is. And begin to embrace the culture and the gods of the Babylonians. So they didn't want their name affiliated with their God and their culture. They wanted their name affiliated with the gods of the Babylonians and their culture. And it has not changed to this very day. The enemy of our soul wants us brought into this culture. And quit identifying with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Quit identifying, amen, with Jesus Christ. Quit identifying with the body of Christ at large. And identify, give in to the culture that the culture might swallow us up and bring us into its value system. And we lose the new and we go back to the old. And friend of mine, we have a new name given 
Amen. We have a white stone of acquittal that has opened the door for a brand new life. For as 2 Corinthians 5.17 declares, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. Everything in the life of a Christian has been made new, including our value system. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, if our values match the values of this world, that's not new. That's as old as Babylon itself. It goes back. in The new morality today, <laughs> it, it, it may be new to what our, our fundamental values were as a Judeo-Christian nation years ago, but it's not new. Believe me, it's not new. It goes all the way back to the pagan gods and the darkness that covered the minds of people in ancient times. It goes all the way back to an angel that did not want the rule of God over his life. A light bearer that became the prince of darkness. Oh, friend of mine, it goes right back to a nation of people that said we will not have this man rule over us. Amen. This this. this kind of darkness that is settling upon the world we must be guarded against as Christians listen when Peter came to Christ he was given a new name when Paul uh, Peter and Paul after their conversion they identified with a different king and a different kingdom and they began to live a life with entirely different values than the culture around them Praise God. So the Babylonians did this in order to try to pull people into their culture and get them to forget their heritage and who they really were. And today I believe there's a danger in our church culture and our church world that it's just about church and denominations and organizations and it's not about a den of I've been identified with a different king and a different kingdom. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm so glad I belong to Jesus. I'm so glad that His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway in this sin-darkened world and this sin-darkened culture. Amen. I love Jesus today. I want to follow Him. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the culture today. Every one of us that are seeking to truly follow Christ, the Bible said it this way in the New Covenant, in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. You say, preacher, what, what are you talking about? The Old Covenant talked about it. It's, it's not new. It's, it's an old, old, ancient evil and darkness. Listen, woe to them that call evil good and good evil, and put light for darkness, and darkness for light. That's what's trending, if you please, in our culture today. And as a Christian, we have to heed the warnings, and we have to heed the challenge. Come out from among them. Come out. You've already overcome in the sense of trusting Christ as your Savior. 
And the prison doors have opened for you to not just come out and be part of the culture, come out and be part of the kingdom. Amen. You haven't just joined some Christian organization or denomination. You haven't just been baptized in order to be part of that. The Bible said that you have been baptized into the very body of the Lord Jesus Christ by one Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. And if you are in Christ through that transaction, that spiritual uh, event that occurs when you receive Him as Savior, Amen. You are a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. So it's typified in water baptism when we are buried with Christ. You go under the water. You don't stay under the water. You are raised with Christ, identified with His death, burial, and resurrection, that you might walk, the Scripture said, buried with Him and raised with Him, that you might walk in the newness of life. Praise God. And the newness of life, new standing with God, new eternal destiny, new master of our soul. Jesus is not just Lord, He's our Lord. He's not just our Savior, He's our Sovereign. Praise God. We're in a new family of God, the brethren. Praise God. We have new garments, the robe of righteousness. We have new food to eat, the bread of life, the Word of God. We have a new appetite, a new hunger and thirst for righteousness. We have new power through the mighty infilling, not just Him coming in when we get saved, but Him taking over. Hallelujah. Baptizo to be overwhelmed. A wave coming in that comes all over top of you until it, it absolutely whelms you to be God-whelmed. Baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we have become a new creation. So it's not strange at all, reiterating again, that God would confirm this new life in Him by giving us a new name, intimate, personal, and private. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. We need to be identified with the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of darkness that is covering the whole earth. The Scripture said of this world as it is today, this fallen world after the fall, and as it is to this day, amen, that, that, that the, the whole world lies under the influence and power of the wicked one. It lies in that darkness that is created. For the God of this world has blinded the minds of men lest they would see the glory of the gospel and be saved. The God, little g, of this world, the one who has the influence through that darkness, has blinded the minds of men, yet lest they would see the glory of the gospel and be saved. And you know what He calls us as we live out this new life in Christ? He said, you're the light of the world. You're the light of the world in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation where good is called evil and evil is called good and light is called darkness and darkness light. You shine. 
you shine by walking in the newness of life. Men will see your good works. And our good works is not just our giving to the poor, our helping of people in need. Those are good things, but the world does that. It's following Jesus, friend. It's living a life that says, I bow to a new king. And it's not the devil. It's not the world. It's not even myself. I reign in life because Jesus is the Lord of my life. Hallelujah. I'm a king and a priest. But I bow because I bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you don't know Jesus today, you're in a world of darkness. You're in a world of sin, death, deception. And today, I believe that God is calling you to come to Jesus. He wouldn't miss this opportunity. And I believe light is shining in that dark place. And I believe you can see what you couldn't see before right in this holy moment. And I pray you'll run to Christ and that you will overcome. (laughs) Hallelujah. And be saved as you repent of your sin. In Jesus' name.